is the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, Episode 8. I'm your host, Wes McAdams, and on today's episode, Mike Bonner, Sam Dominguez, James Sumners, and I discuss the Christian's obligation to take care of the poor. The sponsor of today's episode is Campaign Capitol Hill, which is a grassroots effort by Churches of Christ aimed at raising awareness in the Brotherhood on the fine line between politics and religion, preaching the gospel to our nation's leaders, focusing on repentance and God's standard of morality, and reaching lost souls with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You can find Campaign Capitol Hill on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hill or on their website at campaigncapitolhill.com. There you'll find more information on how to join the march for God's Word. And now let's jump right into our discussion. Even our monies, our jobs, everything that we're doing is for God's glory. So when we stop and we consider why do we work? Well, we, we work, number one, yeah, to uh, give to the Lord, Matthew 6, but also uh, take care of our families, we understand that, but to f- help our fellow man. And uh, we live in a time today where people, well, if they're helping their fellow man, they want something out of it. But really, if we're going to help our fellow man, we ought to do that because we love our neighbor. And the question is, who's our neighbor? See, but what that always brings to my mind is how many people, both uh, Christians and uh, not not Christians, but secular people who are heavily uh, political, have this mindset that the poor should be taken care of by some other corporate body, and I help them by supporting that corporate body. And it's like, you know, well, my taxes go to the government, and the government takes care of the poor, or any anything that is benevolent should be some uh, corporate work of the church that yes. gets carried out. Uh, rather than recognizing the individual responsibility we have to be benevolent to our neighbor and to be looking out on on their behalf out of out of what is ours first uh, entirely separate from what we we give back to the lord you know that's that's not even primarily what what giving back to the lord always was about was uh doing these things you know that we always talk about you know yeah. to support the work of the church at baker heights and so on and so forth well no that's that's part of what it does, but that's not the reason we give, yes. and that's separate from our own call to be benevolent to our brothers. And and don't y'all think, I mean, I'm just throwing this out there, I don't know, um, don't y'all think that it's it's not always an either-or type of a thing, both that and. it that it's a both-and kind of thing? It's, it's not either the government takes care of the poor or we do as individuals. It has to be both. You know, when you look at, at Israel, um, and you look at God's law that he gave Israel going into the promised land, I mean, it was both. They they had to corporately take care of the poor. They had to take care of orphans and widows and, and strangers and sojourners in the land. They had to do that as, as an organized body, as a government, but also as individuals, as the Samaritan. Well, you know, in that case, it was a Samaritan, you know, and who was being the neighbor. Um, so it was an individual thing, but it was also a corporate thing. So I think sometimes... Sometimes we say, well, um, the government shouldn't do that. That should be individuals so that we, what we really want is lower taxes. You know, I I just don't want you to take my money away and give it to somebody else. I I, I want to decide that that's my responsibility. Well, it's like, yeah, absolutely. You should be giving, but, but we also have to have structures in place that, that keep people from falling through the cracks. I I think that there's, there is a, a God appointed role for that. I think. Well, when I think of. Israel and what God told Israel in Leviticus 19 uh, and verse 10, God told them to glean the fields and do what? 
leave the edges. Leave the edges. Mm-hmm. And one thing I do love about that is it was the responsibility of the poor, uh, responsibility of those who are uh, misfortune, uh, the orphans. It was their responsibility to go and glean it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think about what God has blessed us with, what he has blessed me with. Well, my mom told me growing up, and I didn't understand it until I got a family myself, is that, son, when you go to work, all of your money doesn't belong to you. And I just thought that was ludicrous. This woman has lost her (laughs) everlasting mind. But I understand because if we're going to lend to anyone, shouldn't we lend to the Lord? And when we lend to the Lord, we're lending to the poor. We're giving to the poor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think of Matthew 25, when you did it to the least of them, you did it unto me. I think it's it's really important though that we clarify in these these matters of um, quote unquote doing good works that that's that's just a I mean it's a, it's a command of God but it's it's almost primarily a byproduct of the Christian nature we're supposed to be generous people you know it, it doesn't do any good for us to say well you know. I, when I get my paycheck, well, I divvy off the part that goes to this group, and I give you, well, this is the part that goes to the church, and this is the part that I'm going to give away to somebody, and okay, I'm all good now. No. That doesn't make you a generous person. That doesn't make you a person who cares about people in need. And anytime we, we read about the Lord or the apostles taking care of people, doing things for people, it's always with some statement of the compassion that they felt for that person. And yet, because we've, we've adopted this mindset of, well, Christians do good, benevolent works, we've taken it and we've made it a work, we've made it part of our checklist of Christianity yeah. to how I'm righteous with God, and we've completely left off the part that, no, you're supposed to be a compassionate individual. You are supposed to be moved by Amen. your compassion to Amen. want to help people. And that's not always financial. Sometimes it's your time. Sometimes it's directly giving them whatever they need. But the point is, it doesn't matter if the government's doing anything. It doesn't matter what the church is doing in that regard. And it doesn't have to be someone who is outside of the body. Yes. You know, it's, I can be generous to, to you guys Anybody. in those times. It, it, it doesn't have to be someone who's poor and destitute. It's just that I need to have a mindset of compassion and generosity toward my fellow man. We have to look for those opportunities, you know, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, it's like so many things in our spiritual lives, when it comes to anything that we do, it's easier to pawn it off on somebody else. It's easier (laughs) to say, hey, I want Wes to teach me how how I should live rather than discover it for myself. It's easier for me, in a sense, to hand my kids over to someone who's going to teach them in Bible class um, how how they should live. I want my kids to learn how to live. I mean, I've got a two-year-old who... um, who he can go to Bible class, and to a degree, he's not going to get much unless I'm doing something right now. I mean, a two-year-old's not really going to get much in a Bible class, um, but every day in life, he's going to get something. He's going to get something if we're spending time, and we can't pawn anything off on anyone else, whether it has anything to do with with government or the church. And you know, it's thinking in the same thing at first, uh, you know, it's easier to put some money in the plate than it is to go and, 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 uh, pay attention and be aware. You know, recently I, I want to brag on Sam cause he did something very fantastic nah, for me. I'm not going to, but he, but he, <clears throat> he, he noticed, he noticed something, um, that someone was in need and he did something about it. And, you know, that is the kind of 
people that we should be. We should be opening our minds and our hearts to see what is happening around me, who is in need, how can I help? And not so much just not looking for something, but just being aware, just being alert enough to be able to 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 be ready to respond when the time comes. And, and don't y'all think that, that that comes from, and like Sam said, it's a natural byproduct of feeling, knowing that we are blessed by God. I mean, when we know just how gracious, and that's why grace is such an amazing transformational type of concept in our mind, when we understand that we deserve punishment and that that's what we've earned, and that God has blessed us in spite of what we deserve, then when we fully are transformed by that idea, then we treat other people with grace. And so the Lord tells us not just to be gracious with people that have been gracious to you, might be gracious to you in the future, you expect for them to return something to you, but to be gracious to your enemies. To If your enemy is hungry, I mean, and that's taking it to a whole other level now, I mean, now, I mean, that's crazy talk. If your enemy is hungry, then feed him. But that's exactly what Jesus did for us. God wrapped himself in human flesh and came and suffered and bled and died for his enemies. That's Wes, his enemy. And and he he gave his enemy what his enemy needed. And and when we are transformed by that reality and that knowledge, then then that's how we live. And we look for opportunities to be gracious to people as God has been gracious to us. Mike, what's what's your opinion? Uh, I, I loved what you what you started us off with, regardless of whether we're getting something back. You know, it's real easy to want to have this this benevolent attitude when we're expecting something in return. What about the expectation of gratitude? Because when when Wes was talking about taking care of our enemies and how that was us, and you know, I, I baptized believer now, I'm not God's enemy anymore, but only by His grace. Right. But He did what I needed long before I ever had the opportunity to respond to that, and yet he did it for those who refused to respond to it. What about this idea of gratitude? Because I know one thing that I struggle with is giving something, being generous, and seeing that be, be squandered by that person. The only way I can answer that in my mind is based upon 1 Corinthians 13. And when I think of the magnificent love defined there, I'm doing what God wants me to do because he loved me. So I have to train myself that I'm going to love people regardless of how they love me. And you're talking about transformation, Wes? Now, that's transformation because we see just like you go back, and I don't want to get off the subject, Manasseh. Manassas was an evil man, mm -hmm. but God was patient with that man, and that man turned his life around in Amen. the end. Mm -hmm. Now, if we can have that same attitude, going back to Proverbs 14, 21, the last three uh, words in that verse is, happy is he. A lot of people don't want to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I want to capitalize what you, on what you said earlier. Compassion cannot be compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. It has to be either you or it's not you. You can't be compassionate on certain individuals and not compassionate on others. I don't care who it is. That's not compassion if it's reserved for no. people who are in my special favor. 
And Jesus had something to say about that. You know, the religious leaders, Pharisees, they even treated their children a certain way. But God wanted us to be better than that. So because of the love God has for me, then I have to love other people, not by compulsion, but because of what he has done. You know, that, this reminds me of the story of Naaman and Elisha and how he goes through that process. And at the end, Naaman comes back and says, I want to give something to you. But Elisha says, I don't, I don't need anything. It has nothing to do with, with me. I don't need a gift. I didn't do it to get something from you. I did it so that you would go back glorifying God. So that you would know that there's a God in Israel, that there is a God that is Yahweh. I mean, isn't, isn't that amazing? Because yes. that's the attitude. That's the reason we should be doing it is saying, yes. I didn't do this to glorify me. I didn't do this to glorify you. I did this to glorify the maker. Amen. Mm -hmm. That that brings me to mind of something that my dad has has spoken of many times. And he, he and I have talked about it many times, about the idea that the world is perfectly happy if what Christians want to do is be benevolent. If mm -hmm. all we want to do is meet people's physical needs, mm -hmm. give them food, give them shelter, distribute water, whatever, they're perfectly happy so long as that's all we want to do. Spreading the gospel, that's a whole other thing. No, 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 we can't be doing that. But if you just went, well, and, and they always try and turn that on you. Well, Christians are supposed to be benevolent. You're supposed to be doing these types of good works. You're not supposed to be preaching to people. You're supposed to be doing this other thing. Mm-hmm. And my dad's point on it has always been, but the greatest good work we can do for anyone is to share the gospel with them. You know, a person who's been saved, if you're destitute the rest of your life and you die of starvation, you're still saved. Yes. You still have that portion of the Lord, and that's, that's better than anything that you can get on this earth. And yet it's so easy to just get hung up on, well... I'm meeting your physical needs. I'm doing it for the sake of meeting your physical needs. And I love what James was just talking about. We are compassionate or are called to be mm -hmm. compassionate and benevolent for these people to the glory of God and not just to meet their physical needs, but so that they then will glorify God. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like the, the need, the physical need and the compassion is just, it's just a way of reaching the spiritual need and the spiritual outcome that we, we want, the real good work, which is the glory of God. You know, Proverbs 14, 21 said, he that despiseth his neighbor sinneth. He sins. Now, we're, we're in a time now where people don't want to call things sin. That's sin. If I'm looking down on my fellow man because of his status, whatever it is, God says, you, has miss, you have missed the mark. Question, do we want to walk around missing the mark? Not having compassion is missing the mark. Wow. And, you know, and one thing that I struggle with is is trying to, and Sam has made me aware of this struggle in my life, and you have helped me deal with this and realize that it needs to be dealt with, is because you, you constantly remind me that we don't do things just because they're quantifiable, or we don't only do things that are quantifiable. We do them because they're the right thing to do. We do it because we're being faithful to the Lord. And so sometimes we see somebody that is obviously in need, and we are able to help them, and we, we have a way to help them not only with their physical needs, but also with their spiritual needs. 
and and we could reach out to them, we could be compassionate on them, but we we justify in our mind despising our neighbor because we say, well, it wouldn't work out. They would never obey the gospel. They're too hard-hearted. They're too this. They're too that. They're not the type of person that would ever. Sometimes, for our own sake, but for God's glory, we need to just do what's right. Don't worry about, let the Lord worry about how it's going to work out. We plant and we water. We do what's right. We use every opportunity, Galatians 6.10, or uh, Galatians mm-hmm. 6.10, uh, do good to all men, especially to the household of faith, as we have the opportunity. And we've got to look for those opportunities and do good and stop letting ourselves off the hook by saying, well, you know, they wouldn't listen anyway. Well, that's not for you to decide. You know, how many of us, though, and, and when I say us, I say why Why do I struggle with generosity, with compassion for my fellow man, if not because I do not recognize the blessings of God in my life? I don't recognize my income, my opportunity to earn income, as the blessing of God. And the understanding of, well, I need to be a good steward. Well, sometimes we use the excuse of being a good steward, God's expectation that I'm a good steward, to mean that I stop being generous or that I'm never generous to begin with, rather than understanding that God says, no, you be a good steward so that you can be generous. It doesn't do any good if you live a lifestyle to where you're not able to help someone who's in need when you have that opportunity. No, live your life in such a way with the blessings that I've provided with you so that you can then be generous with those blessings and do it all simply because... It's what is in the Christian nature to do. But it's like sometimes we look at God and we say, thank you so much for this blessing, and then we grip that penny so tight that Lincoln turns white. Mm -hmm. And it never leaves our hand again. And the whole time we're thanking God, oh, thank you so much for my money, but I'm not letting go of it. I think that's the, the covetous mentality. And the bottom line of the situation is this. We're either gonna give our whole self to God or we're not. God gave all for us. We need to give all to him. Uh, I wake up every morning looking for opportunities to do good. And I like what you said, you know, uh, earlier about, well, I'm going to give this much this month. I'm going to give this much this month to if someone needs some benevolent help. No, it all belongs to God. Yes, we have responsibility to pay our bills. We understand that. But truth be told, if I seek first the kingdom of heaven, I think we ought to believe the Bible. He will add all things unto us. And the question is, how much do we believe what God says? And we're really, and this is in so many areas of our life, and not just in generosity, but we're always looking for the lowest the lowest level of righteousness. We, we, we want to say, okay, well, yeah, but how generous do I have to be? I mean, come on, Sam. I mean, are, are you saying I have to... I mean, how much do I have to give in order to be a, a quote-unquote good Christian? Or how much do I have to give in order to go to heaven? Are you telling me that if I don't give $1,000... I mean, and it's like, no, 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 why are you think That's the wrong way to think about anything in spiritual life. You can't quantify your generosity that exactly. way. Exactly. There's going to be someone over here who is... A hundred times as generous and as compassionate as I will ever be, but they've never had my income, and so they could never give the kind of money that I could give. But what they've done is more generosity than I could ever match in my life, and the worst part of it is I don't even know it, because they're doing it at times when I'm not there. I'm at home doing something else. I'm enjoying myself. I'm relaxing. And he's over here taking his beat-up vehicle, and he's moving somebody into a new home, or he's doing whatever it ends up being. 
but we always want to try and quantify it. We want to get an exact measurement, exactly how low can I set the bar before it doesn't count anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, that's the minimum. Well, exactly how high can I raise the bar so that God's still happy with me, but I can still clear it without stressing myself, because I don't want to have to work out or anything. I just want to be able to go up there and do it, you Mm -hmm. know? And so we try and figure out this numbers game about it, and it has nothing to do with it, because so long as your attitude's coming from that place, it doesn't matter how much you gave. Not like the rich young, young ruler and how... He doesn't necessarily set the bar low for himself, but he's he feels like he's already at the bar. Mm-hmm. And he he knows that something's missing. He knows that something still needs to be done. And he's given something and it's not what he wants. Um he he, he wants something other than having to to uh, to take the effort and and actually uh put some extra effort into how he deals with people. Well, what um, sacrifice in the Old Testament? And I'm talking about animal sacrifice. What animal sacrifice in the Old Testament didn't squeal? <laughs> sacrifice is supposed to hurt. You're supposed to feel it. There's supposed to be a difference. So when we're giving of ourselves, it's supposed to hurt. Mm-hmm. But it's a good hurt. Why? Because I know for a fact that I'm helping someone else out, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, financially, socially. It doesn't matter. We have to get to a point where our lives truly belong to Jesus Christ. And I, I, I love that you said that because we can't discredit the generosity of people who are generous in spirit. Who they're, they're the person who's there to talk, to pray, to commiserate, doing all those things that make me so uncomfortable to have to do with other people. Barnabas. You know, but... Mm-hmm. but that kind of thing, you know, that's that's why it's not quantifiable, because if it was all about money or giving of our, our belongings, mm-hmm. you could always put a tag on that. But the generous of spirit, is all, that's, that's going to be something that you just can't measure. And you cannot measure the growth that comes from that when you plant the seed that way. And God equates what we're talking about to mercy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mercy. So... Which one of us have not received mercy? All of us have. How dare we not be merciful on anyone else? You know, one thing I've always talked about with with my close friends, but I've never really made a stink about it elsewhere, has been, you know, we as Christians, we're always talking about the one characteristic of, characteristic of God that we're supposed to express to each other is forgiveness. We're always supposed to be willing to forgive each other. Mm-hmm. And we never really talk about the fact that we're also supposed to be gracious and merciful and all these other things that are so much harder than forgiveness. We always act like forgiveness is the hardest thing we can do when really I I think it's having a gracious and merciful attitude toward our fellow man because we love them. Mm -hmm. And and how often, you know, and and this is where I see our, our politics and our Christianity sometimes merging when they shouldn't merge, sometimes conflicting when they shouldn't be, you know, I mean, where, where we, where we sometimes are more political, we're more American, we're more, you know, whatever political party, I won't mention either, but you know, we're, we're more this or that than we are Christians in that we look at people and we say, well, they're getting what they deserve. You know, I mean, they, they made a lot of bad choices and now they're getting what they deserve. And I think you almost sound smug about that. 
I mean, and, and I say you as in me, Wes. I mean, I, I've thought that in, in order to let myself off the hook, well, they need to learn their lesson. They're getting what they, they deserve. And, and yes, there is the law of sowing and reaping, and people mm-hmm. do reap what they sow. But as a Christian, my job is to act to them as God has acted to me, and where I can, have mercy on them and show them mercy, show them the error of their ways, of course. I mean, let them know, look, do you know why you're in this situation? Do you know what led to this situation? But I love you enough. I don't want you to be here anymore. I don't want you to stay here. I want you to be in a better place because you don't deserve to be, but neither do I. And God's been merciful to me, and I want to show you that same that same mercy. And I think sometimes we don't we don't tie our words together with our actions enough. Sometimes we just show people mercy by giving them money when what we need to do is teach them this is why you are where you are, this is the financial help that you need, but I want to help you not be back in this situation again, and I want to do all of it in the name of the Lord. I want you to know this is because of God and through God and for His glory, that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. There's only one being that has the right to laugh at anyone's calamities, and that's God. Proverbs one twenty six. The rest of us, yes, we understand where people are, we try to help them, and sometimes people have to bear the burden. That's the bottom line of it. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not going to laugh at someone because they're living in sin or because they made a mistake. So if anything, man, we're frowning at that. We're crying because of that. We're hurt because of that. That's showing mercy. That's that merciful attitude. And because, and, and I, I talk to people all the time, I said, you know, you want to appeal to the grace of God, but God's grace teaches you to deny ungodliness. If anything, you ought to be appealing to his mercy. He doesn't give you what you deserve. What What do you guys think about? Um, it's just it's just been rolling around in the back of my mind that our expectation is really that we're supposed to be benevolent in the the most needed way, in the most needed sense, on a case by case basis. You know, because there are times where you see someone who is absolutely stuck in a hole of their own making, and what they're really wanting is for you to yank them up out of that hole, but they still want to cling to the shovel and they want to keep digging. What they really want is for you to just reach down and maybe be pulled down with them. And so we get that attitude of, well, maybe, you know, I'm not going to do it because it won't help or what have you, but there's, there's an appropriate type of benevolence that that person needs. You know, giving that person money is not what they need. What they need is prayer. What they need is compassion personal relationship, and that oftentimes is a lot more difficult. Because I say, well, you know, I'm not going to give you money, which is what you want, but I'm going to give you my time, I'm going to give you a relationship with me so that I can maybe help you through this situation until you get to a point where I can be generous with money or physical needs, whatever it ends up needing to be. But there has to be graciousness in an appropriate sense. Otherwise, we can just make things worse for people in the name of God. Mm-hmm. In that relationship, it's a reproving and rebuking. There's an admonishment going on. So It's brothers holding you to account, like we talked about last time. That's right. So just because you and I are good with each other doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and allow you to continue to dig this hole. I'm going to tell you, hey, you continue to do this, life is going to get tougher than what it is. If a person is living in fornication, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, no, it's going to be okay. No, it's not okay. You're sinning against God, and what you're doing is is, is you're making things hard on your own life. 
don't do that. But isn't that the most difficult type of graciousness to offer to someone is to say, I love you enough to have a relationship with mm-hmm. you? I think it depends because with my background, I've had to have some people just get in my face and say, boy, you get your stuff together. So I don't mind, I don't mind doing it to others. <laughs> because yeah. it helped me. Mm-hmm. Now, what if someone would have circumvented it? What if someone would have just kind of padded me? I wouldn't be the person I am today. I think it's a lot of padding going on. Mm-hmm. Mercy doesn't mean that I'm always padding you. Mercy means sometimes I'm letting you know exactly what you need, but I'm here to help you through it. Yeah, and I, and I would rather, I, I mean, it's easier for me to throw money at a problem than it is, I, depending on how much money it is. But, you know, it's easier for me to just stand stand back and say, okay, yeah, I guess you can have, when I see people continually making bad financial choices, not necessarily sinful, uh, I'll give you a real life example. This couple um, made some really bad choices, and, and several times I and other Christians had helped them in the past, I mean... And some of the choices they made were sinful choices. Um, we had talked to them about the sin, but but then when the financial results came up, we would help them financially. And I know many people had. And finally, the last time they contacted me and said, you know, can can you give us a hundred bucks or whatever it was? And I said, listen, I said, you know, I'm doing the best I can with my family's finances. But when my wife and I first got married, we had a hard time doing a budget as well. And so what I would like to do, what I think would be the most beneficial for you, Mm -hmm. is I'll come over to your house, and I will spend as many hours as it takes to go over your finances with you and help you learn how to... to tell your money where to go and and how to balance your your life and your and your money. Of course they turned me down because that's not what they wanted. What nope. they wanted was was somebody to throw money at it, but that's not what they needed. And I and it was easy. It would have been easier for me just to give them 20 bucks and just say, "Okay, there you go." And I'd feel good about myself and you know, and I could just go on. It was harder to have that conversation because I knew that wasn't a conversation that they wanted to hear. I was hoping it would be one that they would be uh, you know, accepting of, but in the end it wasn't. So, sometimes sometimes like y'all y'all are saying, one of the things is uh, mercy can come in multiple forms. Grace can come in multiple forms in the form of justice. Justice itself is a form of God's mercy. The fact that yes. the fact that he holds me to account, that he gives me a standard that I have to live by and that I that That's it's it. again it, but again it's not something the standards that he sets up for me is not something that I can attain. In his justice there is mercy and in his mercy there is justice. And he's the only one that can give it. Mm-hmm. It's not my responsibility to give God's mercy. That's God's business. My responsibility is to do what his grace has taught me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His responsibility in whatever he does is to extend the mercy. God's God's merciful prerogatives do not create loopholes for no. my own obedience. No. And so many of us try and find that, and we try and make our obedience contingent on somebody else's con- obedience. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, as so long as you do this, then I'll do this, and, you know, it'll all work together mm-hmm. and everything. And it's funny, it never works out when you try to do it that way. It never works out. You know, in the real case that you just finished talking about, they allowed you to reprove them but not rebuke them. Mm -hmm. But all of the process, reprove, rebuke, and exhort, all of it has to come together. And some people want you to, to rebuke, but man, don't tell me how to get my stuff together. Really? I'm trying to teach you how to do it. So that's part of being merciful on the poor. And at one time, we were poor. We're in spirit. Mm-hmm. 
and somebody had to extend mercy unto us. Yeah. Now we're rich. Now we're rich. Right. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. I, I hate that we're, we're out of time. <laughs> it goes fast. It's <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, I know it. I feel like it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. A big thanks to all of our guests and to Cameron McElyay for his help in the production of this show. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope this discussion inspires you to have these kinds of spiritual discussions with people in your life. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to discuss, please call and leave us a short voicemail at 707-238-2216. That's 707-238-2216. Remember, we love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.